0: Hey, Infill listeners. I'm Ed, your volunteer producer for Infill. Today, we've got a couple clips from housing champion California State Senator Scott Weiner. We're going to originally have a few more clips from senators like Lena Gonzalez and more talking about California's SB 9 and SB 10 making their way through the state legislature right now. But then SB 10 passed the state assembly and is on its way to the governor's desk. So, we're rushing this to production. And if you live in California, we still need you to call in support for SB9. The call tool is in the show notes, and we need all hands on deck. And now, here's a conversation with Laura from Ympi and State Senator Scott Wiener. Enjoy. Welcome to Info, where we chat housing politics and policy. I'm Laura Foote, YMD Action. And today we are hearing from State Senator Scott Wiener, um, the guy who got me excited to get into housing in the first place. When I wrote my first op-ed in support of housing, Scott, I think to somebody said, get me that woman um, and said, you have to keep going on this journey. So I am always in awe of you, Scott. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me, thank you for all the work that you do.
0: So, speaking of op eds, man, there have been a lot of op eds, both in favor and opposed to SB nine. There, it just seems like it's the war of op eds right
1: now. Uh, yeah, we um, we're seeing uh, this intense backlash from NIMBYs um, against uh, both SB nine and SB ten because. They're just against housing. And so they're spreading all sorts of uh, fear and exaggerations and sometimes downright misrepresentations about these bills. And uh, it's, it's pretty intense. So we, we need to really set the record straight and make sure we're pushing back.
0: So this year in the legislature, we have kind of more easy to understand bills, you know, SB9 and SB10. Can you give us a little bit more kind of what's the way you talk about SB9 for people who are just starting to follow these important bills?
1: Yeah, SB9 is, is really straightforward, essentially says that the baseline zoning in California is going to be for duplexes, uh, that you can essentially always have a duplex on your property, you're not limited to only a single family home. And so it's it's a pretty light touch form of zoning reform where it's not about huge buildings. And I like big buildings. But what we're saying is that in our single family neighborhoods, you can build a single family home, but you can also build a, a duplex and it totally fits in. And then you have two homes instead of one. The bill also uh, allows if the lot is big enough to do a lot split and to build two duplexes. So it's a it's a, a good step in in zoning reform and allowing for more housing over time but it's it's duplex zoning and it shouldn't be a big deal but uh, the NIMBYs <laughs> are uh, the NIMBYs make everything a big deal.
0: You know normally I would say in in the course of fighting for these bills we've seen the pro housing activists hat like dominate the twitter conversation and the more nimby voices are often more heard in the local papers but i think you know this year i'm seeing a lot more sort of even keeled pro housing well reasoned warm op-eds, i mean especially from our members we're pushing a lot of people to it but i think you know this is a really getting the conversation is like permeating down to that next level of kind of traditional local journalism
1: yeah that's true and i think it's it's important media communication channels are diverse and different people get their information from different sources and you know twitter and social media is very very important but that's only one slice and 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 getting our perspective about the need for more housing into more traditional forms of media, into local newspapers, neighborhood newsletters, and so forth, is really important. Particularly, I think older people who may not be on social media as much, particularly may not be on Twitter very much, if at all. A lot of times, people are, that's where people are getting their information or misinformation. And there's a lot of misinformation being disseminated in local newspapers and neighborhood newsletters about these bills. So it's important to set the record straight.
0: Awesome. All right. So I hope that's inspiring for people, whether you're writing about, you know, the current batch of bills or just housing in general, you know, I think it's really important that we get that message down. Like you're talking about to all these different places in society. For these particular bills, of course, we want like hugely ambitious bills to be put forward. But I'm also starting to get worried, like if we can't get these across the finish line, it's going to set back all of the more ambitious bills for next year.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. And as I mentioned, SB nine, it's an impactful bill, but it's duplex zoning. It's you know, it's it's a it's a good step, but not revolutionary. And then SB ten, which which I'm authoring, is a voluntary bill for cities to make it much easier and faster for cities to zone for small multi-unit for up to ten units. The city doesn't have to even use it. But it provides that if a city decides it's going to rezone part of its city for whether it's triplex or for six units or for up to 10 units, they can do it without having to go through CEQA. So they can do it much, much more quickly and not have to deal with all the appeals and lawsuits. So it's a a good bill. And there are plenty of cities that I think will utilize it. And the NIMBYs are fighting this bill, too. And again, it's a voluntary bill. Cities don't even have to use it. And people are still pushing back against it hard. So, for both of these bills, I I agree with you. It's really important that we pass them. It would send a terrible signal if we don't.
0: What's the next couple of weeks going to look like for these bills as they move forward?
1: Well, SB 10 is already sitting on the Assembly floor, so it'll be eligible when we go back into session on uh, August 16th. And then SB 9 presumably will come out of the Assembly Appropriations Committee. Uh, I think it's likely to. And then we'll be eligible in early September. So the deadline for us to pass uh, our bills this year, the end of our session this year is September 10th. Uh, And so we have about a month to uh, continue the organizing and to make sure we have 41 votes on the assembly floor for both both of these bills. And so what that means is for people all over the state to be contacting their assembly members to express support for SB 9 and SB 10. These bills have already passed the Senate, which is good, but we still have work to do in the assembly. It's most impactful if assembly members hear from people who live in their districts. And so uh, people should be reaching out to people they know around the state and not just have, you know, say, San Franciscans calling L.A. members. That's not that impactful. And Southern California is really important, particularly L.A. Um, the housing politics are really tough there and we need to generate more support there. Um, so people should be having their friends and networks uh, throughout the state get activated to make phone calls, to send emails to legislators, Um, but I think particularly in Southern California.
0: Yeah, this is something I think, you know, we've talked about a lot. I mean, as we're growing into more suburban districts and more in Southern California The Bay Area Caucus is just so strong on pro-housing. You know, all of our leaders are coming out of that area who are sort of like taking the, I shouldn't say all, but many of the strongest voices for housing are coming out of that like strong Bay Area Caucus. You know, and it's hard because organizing in places that are just, you know, inherently more have been historically more housing hostile, it's a lot of work, you know, I mean, get talking to, you know, your, your fellow community members in those communities, I think can be really tough for people. Um, and so I want to encourage people also to just be like, you know, think about organizing as something you do all year round so that you're having these conversations with people so that when it's time for one of these key bills, you know, you can be like, hey, you know, that thing I've been yammering on about all year, you know, now's the time when your voice will really matter. Are you sort of bringing people in not just at like the crunch time, but also doing that drip campaign with your friends and family to get them more excited about housing?
1: You know, organizing for anything has to be year round and not only um, when you're at a major decision point. And so planting those seeds over time really helps And, and really making sure that no matter what community you're in you are identifying and organizing um, other pro-housing voices and having local YIMBY chapters or, or just other groups that can be activated when you have a situation like this?
0: Um, Scott, is there anything else? You know, I'm feeling anxiety. I hope everybody else is here too, um, that we need to do everything we can to get these bills across the finish line. Is there anything else you want to like, highlight for people or, or just words of encouragement?
1: If you look over the last five six years, we we've, we've been able to pass a number of pretty impactful housing bills. I mean, we you know we've not we've not hit like the grand slam, but rarely do you hit the grand slam <laughs> in politics, unfortunately. But we've passed a number of really good bills, um, despite having some setbacks with other bills. And so we have been making progress in terms of just gradually making structural change to how we do cal- housing in California. And this year we have an opportunity <clears throat> again, not to hit the grand slam, but to take another solid step. And so let's keep up the momentum. Let's keep up the organizing. We have about four weeks, four or five weeks left to do it. Uh, And and I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to do what we need to do to get it done, but it's not guaranteed.
0: You know, a constant refrain that I hear from people who, you know, they're like, oh, well, we haven't hit the grand slam. And so they're kind of you know, sometimes not. This is not everybody, obviously, but they're like ready to give up, right? There are people who are like, "Oh, we haven't completely won in less than five years, so therefore, this is a fool's errand, and we should sort of, you know, go do something else, or like declare California a failed state and go someplace else." But then it's like, okay, this problem exists across the entire country, so what are you going to do? And it's this whole shift in thinking that I I kind of want to encourage people to make that you know, you, you don't give up in politics. You, you have to keep organizing for the things that you believe in. You should do that tactically and like, make sure that you're analyzing your past mistakes. But, you know, just because you get a, a setback doesn't mean that you sort of roll over and say, okay, if people who have been fighting for, you know, abortion rights had done that, it's, you just can apply this to so many different things that you just, you can't just sort of say, oh, we've had some setbacks, so we're going to give up. I don't know. Do you want to Speak to that
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that has to do <clears throat> with the culture of immediate gratification that we've developed in this country. People want to have wins like immediately. And yeah, I would love to win everything immediately. But that's just not how the world usually works. And if people in the civil rights movement had that mm-hmm. attitude, we wouldn't have the civil rights laws that we got passed in 1960s. It took them 30, 40 years mm-hmm. of work. To get that passed, or on the on the evil nefarious side, Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973, and the anti-abortion handsmaid tale people—they didn't give up after repeatedly getting their rear ends handed to them for like several decades. They kept fighting, and sadly, they are—they have a shot of actually winning in terms of what's happening in states restricting abortion and at the Supreme Court and so you can't give up and sometimes it takes years decades and and if we if we give up then shame on us
0: Awesome. Well, with that, if we give up, shame on us. I hope when the bat signal comes out and it's time to call into the assembly and ask your assembly members for their vote when it's time and it's time now to reach out to your assembly member by email, we're going to have a whole lot more calls to action. I'm going to put some in the show notes here. If you live in California, it is time to get loud for these bills and we need your support.
1: Hi everyone, it's uh, Scott. Uh, I'm here in the Capitol. Just stepped off the Senate floor into this sort of dimly lit uh, sort of odd uh, hearing room we have here. Uh, It's very exciting. We uh, just got Senate Bill 10 passed off of the Assembly floor today. Uh, I'm so excited about that. It was a huge fight. I'm so grateful to my Assembly colleagues for this bipartisan vote um, about the future of housing uh, in California. Um, and uh, we'll now, uh, if things go as anticipated, uh, get final sign-off in the Senate and send it off to the Governor. Uh, But we have more work to do. Uh, You all worked so hard for SB 10, making phone calls and emails. Uh, I am so, so appreciative for that. Uh, But we now got to get SB 9 off of the Assembly floor, too, and that is a huge fight, as you know. So keep up the hard work. Uh, Your work, your activism, your voice, really matters. It makes all the difference in the world. So let's keep fighting for a brighter housing future. Thank you, everyone.
0: If you're not already a member, go to yimbyaction.org and become a member today. I want to emphasize that this is a hard time for nonprofits. YIMBY Action is continuing to advocate for the policy solutions we need, whether that's emergency funding for housing for those who need it most or a pro-housing legislative package that will steer us towards an equitable recovery. We're producing great events, important discussions, and helping local advocates push policies of inclusion and housing for all. And if you believe this work is important and valuable, I want to really urge you to become a supporting member. You can do that, as I said, by going to yimbiaction.org join. Thanks so much.